Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this amazing episode of Elise Unfiltered. Today, it is Wednesday, September the 15th, 2021. Lots going on in the world. Lots going on in the world. So wherever you are and whatever you feel, I just want to start this episode by validating that your feelings matter. You are allowed to feel the weight. You are allowed to have your opinions. You are allowed to struggle and feel the struggle. Now, if you are struggling, you don't need to diminish your pain by prefacing all conversations with people with something like, and I know this year has been hard for everyone, or I know I'm not the only one who has been affected by this. Okay, your adversity is real. It doesn't matter how many other people have done or are doing hard things right now. You are also doing hard things. You are doing hard things right now. And it's important that you recognize this, honor it, and give yourself some damn credit. Give yourself some space to to acknowledge what you have gone through this year and that you are okay. You are getting through it. You are doing hard things. Listen, our central nervous systems are not wired to be so damn taxed, let me tell you. So keep focusing on your self-care. Keep giving yourself hugs. Keep coming back to the moment, taking those breaths coming back into this present moment where you are alive and you are okay and give yourself one thoughtless breath as often as possible, okay? You are getting through this, you are here, you showed up, let's go. (laughs) Now, my guest today, ooh, this is such a good episode. My guest today is Stephanie Kay, who is a registered holistic nutritionist, and she has been on the show a number of times, so this is not her first rodeo when it comes to Elise Unfiltered. Anyhow, she teaches people how to make real food work for real life in a realistic way, and you're going to, if you haven't heard Stephanie Kay speak before, if you're not privy to her amazing Instagram, nor have you been on her website before, you're going to see how real she really is. And she's so relatable, to be honest. Steph is also a good friend of mine with whom I haven't seen in over a year, which sucks. This is the reality of the restrictions where I live, but that didn't stop us from connecting. Connecting, connection, connecting with great people, pulling people into your life who are like-minded, who are aligned with you, who speak in ways that resonate with you and help you heal are absolutely vital right now. 
And this is one of those conversations. This conversation hits all sorts of great topics that are on everyone's mind when it comes to food, healthy eating, and weight loss. Yeah, we go there. So I do want to offer a gentle trigger warning for this episode as we do dive into the subject of disordered eating. So if this is a sensitive topic of discussion in your life, pause this episode, skip it, even stop right now or listen with caution. You need to do what's right for you. All right. Now, before I get into this podcast, I want to pump up the tires of Miss Stephanie K because she is just killing it right now when it comes to real food for real people. She is the creator of her wildly successful coaching program, Red's Reset. She has hundreds of delicious recipes on her website, knutrition.com. That's K-A-Y nutrition.com, which I often make, to be honest. She has written a number of cookbooks, including the five ingredient recipe cookbook. I own that. It's awesome. And the healthy lunch boxes cookbook, all available on her website. She is a corporate speaker and a trusted nutrition expert and the voice of reason in the health industry who has been featured on numerous television programs and leading publications such as CTV, The Food Network, Shape Magazine, The Globe and Mail, Women's Health, just to name a few. She is also hilarious <laughs> and like I said, oh so relatable. Let's get into this episode, shall we? Here is my guest today, Miss Stephanie K. Hello, friend. Stephanie, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? Ah, I'm doing so good. I love seeing you. We haven't seen each other in so long, like in person or on Zoom. <laughs> totally. I know. This is like very refreshing and lovely. It's been far too long. I know. Thank you for coming on the show. Okay. Um, let's give a little bit of a history for you. We have done several podcasts together. You and I have been friends for several years. Um, we talk business, we talk personal stuff, we, you know, shoot the shit. And, um, I guess I, I, the main reason I wanted you on the show to come back because it's been so long, like it's been over a year and a half. it's been like a few years, a couple, a couple, few years since we've done a podcast, I think. Yeah. 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 Is I think I'm finally really ready to dive into the world of nutrition, talk about food, talk about our relationship to food, um, with a different lens. Now you're the first nutritionist I've really had on the show since I've gone through the this, I don't, I don't want to call it like growth journey, wellness journey. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Yeah, what... I use those terms too. I know it feels weird, but yeah, I guess that's what you call it. Yeah. So, so whatever. And I, uh, I kind of want to, to start the show by saying that I watch your social media and it resonates with me and always has. However, I've been seeing your message wearing a different lens and it's a, it's a really interesting thing because you have always really been an advocate for Whole Foods, um, for um, your Reds Reset and, have it, and, and resetting the way that we see food, our relationship to food, and those types of narratives throughout the year. Is yeah. that, does that sound about right to you? Yeah, 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 you're nailing it. Yeah, so, and I've always loved that. However, now I see it with without this layer of disordered eating, if you will, if you will. So I kind of want to talk about that a a little bit um, 
to the to the listeners especially just to kind of explain what's been going on with me a little bit and then get your expertise on 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 the subject of disordered eating a little bit because it, yeah, go for it. it's such a it's such an interesting revelation for me was to really understand that you know because I I thought that I was eating out of self-love and I thought that I was making the choices that I was making out of self-love but when I sort of woke up to my relationship at a deeper level I realized that it was out of fear it was out of villainizing foods and I had made food um a moral issue Uh and I had been doing it for so long that it I didn't even know I was doing it (laughs) and I'd been like putting inserting myself into groups of people into um, diet culture and you know acquiring new friends and convincing them and like not manipulating that's not the right word but maybe persuading people to do certain things um, with this lens of fear with a little bit of fat phobia with a little bit of like um, you're bad if you eat bad food and yeah. you're good if you're a clean eater. Yeah, uh, whatever that means. Whatever <laughs> that <laughs> means. Oh yeah. my God, it's so interesting how um, I wore the clean eating title like a badge of fucking honor. Like, And it's, also very um, common, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like so so common that it's perceived as normal but it's not normal if that makes sense like common and normal are not the same thing so it's like everyone's doing it so it's normal but just because everyone's doing it like doesn't mean that it's the quote-unquote right thing or the accurate thing or actually like normal or whatever word you want to use and also such a impactful distinction because there there are different energies between those two words common and normal and I really love that distinction a lot it's really interesting because like you know I went to Bali actually I think I saw you um the week after I came home from Bali or something which was in February of 2020 that's yeah that was right before yes yes well that's crazy that was forever (laughs) but not that yeah it was forever ago but really it was like yesterday (laughs) Um, we've just been sitting at our houses since then so it's fine True. Um, And I was on this like really crazy 90 day liver cleanse that was. um, Yes, I remember this. Yeah. yeah, So and that was recommended by my doctor. I had a few things. It was the actual cleanse wasn't recommended to her from her specifically. Like she didn't prescribe me to do that, but she was giving me sort of some things that I could do on my own outside of medications to take to help with some liver recovery things. So I went on this like crazy thing. And when I came home from Bali, I was the thinnest I ever was. I was the most enlightened and empowered I had ever been. I like had went through this crazy, you know, you go to Bali, you, I had this crazy self-discovery journey. And that was when I realized that my relationship to food was completely broken. So I, we've never really talked about disordered eating before. And that's why I wanted to sort of start this show with doing that because it's sneaky. I, and I, and when I say that I had an eating disorder or I had disordered eating, it's not the classic like anorexia, bulimia, 
it was, and I had, I had no idea what orthorexia was until I came back from Bali. That word started to come in. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, Let me preface this with, I am not an expert in disordered eating whatsoever, but to your point, I understand you're not talking about the classic sense. Yes. Maybe like disordered, disordered behaviors around food. Yes. Just to make it clear for anyone listening, like my training is in nutrition. So this is just me speaking from my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is I, if I think about like myself and kind of what were the... I'm going to come full circle back to your, your comment, your question. What was like one of the shifting thoughts or like aha moments that I had about food is that the way that we talk about food and the way that we use food, I'm using we as like a general North American society probably is what I'm saying more than anywhere else is food can be used for many different reasons. Um, but we're often viewing it under the same lens or talking about it under under one general lens and we're not distinguishing what we mean. So what I mean by that is just off the top of my head, there's four like things that come to mind is there's a difference between eating for health, just to be generally healthy, right? Like Mm -hmm. give your body energy, be free of disease, like just try and support your body, right? Mm -hmm. There's a difference between eating for health and using food to eat for health that is very different than eating for weight loss. Mm -hmm. And the water is super murky between those things, right? Like Mm -hmm. people talk about eating clean or eating healthy, but they're really often talking about eating for weight loss and eating for weight loss and eating for health are not the same thing whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Then you also have um, ways that food can be used medicinally, right? Like a doctor or a naturopath may make a recommendation to someone because they have an autoimmune condition or, you know, a skin condition, right? and like hey you should avoid this food because it might help you from a medical perspective Mm -hmm. um, or from a physical ailment that has nothing to do with eating for health or eating for weight loss right Mm -hmm. and you can also like eat for celebration right like like we use Mm -hmm. foods for like birthdays holidays like traditions there's so many different like angles that food can be used for and in my line of work if if you will like for me the really big distinguishing thing that was the biggest aha moment for me was not only for short talking learning about how food can help you from like a um an ailment perspective I guess is what I'm trying to say for like digestion and stuff like that or skin or things like that like learned a lot about that in school but for me personally the really big thing was understanding that there is a massive difference between eating for a goal of general health to trying to be healthy and eating for a goal of weight loss and it's not the same thing at all so the way that I think about it personally and try and share the message is eating for health on high level is eating predominantly whole foods that are new contain nutrients, you know, like carbs, protein, fat, vitamins, minerals, things that your need your body actually needs to function. Unfortunately, those aren't found in abundance in things like Oreos. Doesn't mean that you can't have Oreos, <laughs> right? But if your diet is predominantly made of Oreos, and this is a stupid example, but like you're not gonna get the nutrients that your body legitimately needs, right? Mm-hmm. Like body's a car, gas in the gas tank, like food does that for us, right? Eating for weight loss is not the same thing. Eating for weight loss is consuming um, food in a calorie deficit. It should be focusing primarily on whole foods to do that. But the mess up thing is to eat for a goal of weight loss, you don't need to eat healthy. And I think like that distinct, that distinction is so important because when we hear like, 
quote unquote like diet culture stuff or messaging or we're bringing marketing towards that messaging gets so convoluted and mixed up and then even like things like oh don't eat gluten if you have celiac disease and someone is interpreting that like oh that's important for weight loss it's just like it's so messy everything in between the water is super like gray and it's in it, from my perspective it's actually super black and white so helping people understand that is like so important to me yes <laughs> like a massive tangent maybe from where you started but from like a super high level the distinction about how we use food for me is super important to think about so let for for listeners who have never heard you speak before what is classified as whole foods yeah what is a whole um, food? basically super simple uh the way that i would define whole food or real food is another term that you would use is things that are one ingredient that come from a plant or an animal so it's like an egg a sweet potato broccoli chicken chickpeas like individual things now that doesn't mean that you can only eat chicken broccoli and eggs you can mix things together it's just called cooking that's very different but things that are from nature come from a plant or an animal so to to explain what the opposite would be would be like additives preservative chemicals you know like those weird words that you see on the ingredients list that you have absolutely no idea what they are so Mm -hmm. whole foods one ingredient plant or an animal is the way of describing it. So I really like this conversation between eating for health and eating for weight loss. So let's continue it because that's sort of where like, (laughs) sucka, we're going to get into this. Um, this is kind of where, um, my perception got murky. Like you use Mm -hmm. it's murky between the two things because I really started to wake up and, uh, live more intuitively, uh, when I was 230 pounds. So my goal yeah. was to lose weight, not only yeah. for health reasons, because I was pre-diabetic, but yeah. also for aesthetic reasons. I And also just movement reasons. I wasn't feeling good in my body. I yeah. couldn't do the things I wanted to do. And my weight was compromising that. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, so I started making choices and yo-yo dieted for years. The, the main reason that I was able to keep the weight off, and this is kind of like my secret ingredient that I teach to a lot of people, was actually shifting my perspective on my why and shifting my perspective. uh, It was all a mental game, like losing weight for me and understanding what I needed, like what I wanted, how I wanted to live my life was a huge component for me to be able to lose weight for uh, forever, basically. However, after a couple of years of this, I and with the uprage or uproar of social media and the consumption of marketing, somewhere along those lines, the message started to blur. And I really had a this is good for you this is bad for you mentality if I eat this I'm being good if I eat that I'm being bad so I mean you talk a little bit about uh well on the subject of weight loss because that's a huge subject that a lot of people love to listen to you talk about um about the relationship between like losing weight you don't need to have be eating all whole foods can you explain that 
Can yeah, you explain can that a little bit? Back. Yeah. I'm like said that quickly for sure. Yeah. So if you, um, okay, we're understanding that we're on the same page, what, what whole food is. So eating yeah. healthy, right. I'm using air quotes, whatever yeah. that means would be eating predominantly whole foods because they're the most nutrient dense, right? Like gotcha. that's just eating healthy eating for weight loss. Let me go really foundational level in order for weight loss to occur the individual needs to be in what is considered an energy deficit or a calorie deficit. It's super annoying to hear. And sometimes people are like, eh, shut up. I don't like it, but it's just the law of thermodynamics in order to be able to lose um, weight or fat is probably the more appropriate way of saying it. You need to expend more calories or expend more energy than you're consuming through food and beverage. Like it's literally just like a math equation that needs to happen. Now, Ideally, I would say that for ideally, if you have a goal of weight loss and you want to support your health, which I would argue you want to do both of them at the same time, yeah, yeah. you should focus on predominantly eating whole foods and maintaining that calorie deficit. So, you know, you're consuming mostly whole foods, but you're expending more energy than you're consuming through whole foods, if that makes sense. Yes. The where things can start to get murky and what causes confusion is you can still lose weight and be in a calorie deficit and consume primarily junk food or primarily processed food. So I'm just going to make up random numbers for conversation's sake. This is not an example of me or anyone else is just genuine examples. Let's say that, um, Jane Doe, Joe Blow person, imaginary person. <laughs> um, if we had established that it's not perfect science, but just to, to yep. again, spit up balls and numbers, we had established that Jane needed to consume or she should roughly consume 1800 calories a day. And that would allow her to create this energy deficit based on her age, her activity level, all of these things. Now, if her goal was to consume 1800 calories a day, from my perspective, for optimal health, that 1800 calories should be primarily made up of whole foods. However, Jane could eat 1800 calories of a donut, a burger and French fries. And as long as she's still within that range, she will still be able to support a weight loss goal, if that makes sense. Yes. So that's really what I mean by there's a distinction about eating um, healthy and eating for weight loss. And because you don't technically need to eat healthy whole foods, you end up, we have, we now end up being marketed a lot of like processed foods that have, let's say like artificial sweeteners in them or a ton of preservatives or a ton of additives. And they're often perceived as being healthy options because they're low in calories and they can therefore support a weight loss goal or make it easier, right? By just strictly reducing calories. But that doesn't mean that the quality of the food necessarily supports your health. Right. So you might not necessarily feel good eating it. In other words... or your health could be compromised in other ways, right? Like for, I'm just going to make it, you can have really messed up digestion yeah. and still be in a calorie deficit, right? Like health is just not based on your gravitational pull. There's, t- that's just like one measure of the, of the different thousands of measures. And, um, to give context to like studies have been done where people were basically fed like processed food or quote unquote, like junk food. And they were still in a calorie deficit. And it was proven that, that this can actually occur. It doesn't have to all be healthy or 
quote unquote, clean food kind of thing. Right. So some one of the murky ideas for me with this is like the whole trend of calories in versus calories out and not all calories are created equal. And so like, I totally understand the um, the calorie deficit thing. It makes sense to me in my sporting uh, training and yeah. like athletics and in my brain and through the science. And I've read a lot of articles in science and it totally makes sense. However, I find the marketing of this whole concept makes it super uh, black and white, but really are bodies are all different and if it's still super vague at the same it's time. so vague yes it's so vague yeah, it's so it's very black and white and completely vague at the same time so like <laughs> that that for me is just like the explanation so people like get the yeah. math of it so yeah. to speak right sure. which even in my brain like when I was learning about this I was like I get the math of it but like what does that look like in practice so yeah. like I'll give you an example of how I feel like this concept has messed up people's perspective of what is healthy. So if you think of traditional whole foods, so things like bread, things like white rice, pasta, mayonnaise, right? Like I would argue that those foods are really villainized. Like Mm -hmm. don't, Oh yeah. Bread's going to make you fat. Pasta's going to make you fat, right? Like we literally talk about like these one individual foods are going to make you quote unquote fat. Like you're going to eat them and then it's going to be a problem. Right. Mm If I was to kind of reverse engineer where I think this has kind of like come from, so take something like mayonnaise, it's, if you're making it from scratch, it's like egg yolks, oil, or vinegar, or lemon juice. Those are all whole foods. That's not processed. It's something that literally like France has been making for thousands of years, right? Like it's not this weird food. Is it rich? Yeah. Is it richer than a carrot? Yeah, rich, I mean, as in higher in calories, but just because something is rich doesn't mean it's inherently bad for you. So is bread, it's actually not even that rich, which is kind of annoying, but is bread richer than a rice cake? Yeah, but is bread even that rich? No, like is a white potato or mashed potato is a little bit richer than cauliflower rice? (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's inherently bad for you or unhealthy right like I almost to take away like the calorie thing because I it's very like triggering and it's annoying and it's like you know people don't like to necessarily hear all the time is think about this like money right like if I had 18 dollars I'd say 1800 dollars to spend a day I'd be really rich but let's say my budget was 18 dollars a day right like if I want to buy something really expensive in the morning that costs nine dollars that's fine. I can still do that. I just kind of have to like manage my budget for the rest of the day kind of thing. So that's kind of a silly analogy, but you know, if in, I'm going to keep going with numbers here just for conversation sake, if like putting some mayonnaise on your sandwich is like a hundred calories out of the 1800 that you're eating for the entire day, that's nothing, right? Like no one eating a slice of bread, eating mayonnaise, eating an individual food is not problematic. Think some things have more calories, some things have less calories, right? But we don't need to compare like, oh, should I have a banana or an apple as a fruit? Which one's higher or lower in sugar? It's like you're way too deep in the minutiae, right? Like yeah. if we're comparing like an Oreo to an apple, it's probably, you know, like an easier thing to draw what's more whole food based, but like getting into the minutiae of like this or that and like white bread over brown bread or white rice over brown rice, like that's a whole other thing where 
half of the things that we think are better are actually not but like Mm -hmm. we've just gotten so far off track that we're comparing like the smallest things and like vilifying individual foods when it's so much more big picture than that yeah i do find the villainization of whole foods to be a really interesting debate with people and listening to people's thoughts and opinions on it and um i was actually do you listen to ben greenfield Uh, I, I don't, but I know who he is. Oh my yeah. God. He's like this crazy biohacker that I had to take a break from him for like over a year because it was triggering me intense. so much. Yes. yes, he's super intense. But he had a guest on the show saying that um, she was on the keto diet and uh, she was really pushing keto. Fine, whatever. If you're on that diet, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm not judging you or anything like that. But what she did, what she said that uh, sauteed spinach uh, yeah. is really dangerous. And I was like, what? And she's like, sauteed spinach because it, 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 um, it boils down so much that like a hand, a giant handful of spinach that you would use in your salad is actually this tiny little piece of sauteed greens on the side of your plate. So you don't realize how many carbs you're eating because of all the carbs that are in spinach and it will kick you out of keto. Right. Okay. And I was like, oh, Man, that it really triggered me how someone was vilifying spinach in that instance. And I was like, okay, I need to take like a moment here and pause. (laughs) Yeah, that is, uh, that's, um, that's gonna be a pass for me. I'm gonna say no. (laughs) That's a no for me. Yeah. Super intense, right? No, but like, the, 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 what I find so funny about like all the different diets, right? Like things that are trendy right now, keto, fasting, tracking macros, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and everyone's like, oh, this is the best way to do it. No, this is the best way to do it. No, you should eat carnivore. No, you should go vegan. No, you should go whatever. From a health perspective, if you're focusing on whole foods, they can all work, right? And that's yeah. what's really annoying to hear. You would pro- I could probably make the argument that like, uh, if you um, like historically, if you lived in Iceland, you would have eat, uh, eaten a lot more meat and a lot less fresh produce. If you were, you know, you lived in the Mediterranean, you would have eaten a lot more seafood and a lot more vegetables, literally just based on where you lived, right? Like yeah. in Canada, we would have had like moose and deer and fish, right? And some berries in the summer, right? Like where you are from historically, any diet can kind of make sense, right? Yeah. Where it gets weird for me is they're like, uh, keto's the best, fasting the best, this is the best, whatever. Macro tracking is the best way, the best diet or the best way to do things. And the the stupid thing is that if you're talking about weight loss, they're all based on the same thing, which is they put you in a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. If you eat keto and you're not in a calorie deficit, you will not lose weight. If you go track macros and you're not in a calorie deficit, you will not lose weight. If you eat vegan and you're not in a calorie deficit and you're doing it for goal of weight loss, you're not going to lose weight, right? Like they're all based off the same principle, but they're all arguing that they're better than the next, which is if you just take it down to the bare bones, healthy diet is based on whole foods. Different people have different food preferences. Pick the ones that work for you. I don't like brown rice. I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to eat white rice, right? Like pick the thing that works for you. If you have a goal of weight loss, then you can look at like managing your energy expenditure and intake. But generally speaking, all foods work. 
I love that you mentioned that because part of like my food freedom journey, meaning getting outside of the, the grip of the narrative of polarization with food and more the moralization of food. And the fact that I, if I wasn't on a diet, I wasn't, um, worthy or good enough or going to be appealing or desirable or sexy, whatever. Um, is that white rice, brown rice thing that you just said. The white rice, brown rice thing. Like, how many cups of brown rice did I eat because I thought I was being better? Oh, my God. I hate brown rice. I hate it. I don't hate it. But, like, I love... It's fine. I would get sushi with brown rice because I thought I was being better. And like sushi with brown rice sucks so much better. (laughs) No, it's not good. I know it's, uh, you've mentioned this before is like, I, well, I mentioned it is like, I don't like, I just said it actually. I hate when people compare, like, should I have an apple or a banana? Right? Like where we compare brown rice, we end up comparing things that quite frankly don't deserve a comparison but part of the reason that I'll speak for myself that I that happened or it got by that I just started bleeding brown rice is better for you right and I just had this firm belief that like white potatoes are bad sweet potatoes are good Mm -hmm. right yeah is lack of information or lack of education so on my website and I share a lot of them on my Instagram too is I just started showing comparisons, even though I say don't compare foods, of brown rice versus white rice. And when you yeah. actually put the, the the calories, the protein, the fiber, the da, 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 all the vitamins and minerals, you see for all these foods is that most of the time they're identical or the difference is minute, like yeah. so small that it, it's it's negligible, right? Like. If you even look at like nutritional, uh, nutritionally speaking, like white potatoes have more vitamins and minerals than sweet potatoes with the exception of vitamin A that's in sweet potatoes. But like everything else seems to a white potato. It would end up being the winner if we were actually comparing them. So for me, it's like, oh, when I just actually look at the data, it just kind of slaps me in the face being like, whoa, where, like, why did you actually believe this? Because when you look at the numbers, it just it doesn't make sense. Like Greek yogurt is better than plain yogurt. It's like, no, they're just two different, completely different things. It's like, are we talking about like raw broccoli or steamed (laughs) broccoli? It's like, why are we like, it's, it's just a different way of making yogurt, right? Like things are not better than the other and you're not a good or bad person, right? That's a whole other thing because you chose one thing over the next. It's just really interesting what like I chose to get fixated on and I'm speaking personally myself too, but what I also see other people get fixated on and what they think is good and what they think about, and they're not necessarily wrong in their choices. It's just like their beliefs and what they attach meaning to is so interesting. And like one of the things that I really like about your messaging and you've been very consistent with this is like, yes, you're a nutritionist and yes, you talk primarily about food and healthy food and whole foods, but that's just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to your overall health. And you're constantly like encouraging people to stay consistent with their movement, to, to make good choices out, not only in the food that we eat, but in all of the things in our lives. So it's interesting, like some people will be stuck on eating brown rice for life and never eating white rice, but then 
like thinking that they're being healthy, but then they're staying up late, they're drinking, they're not moving, they're skipping. And uh, I find that really interesting. And I that resonates with me because yeah, I was skipping. I was overlooking because I was this privileged, uh, um, clean eating queen on my throne, uh, above everything else. So I was actually making some really bad choices in other areas of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, the whole thing. And like, let me also say like, this is easy, easier for me to talk about now, but like, cause I do this for a living and I'm like living and breathing this every day. But like, yeah. I also came from a place where like good, bad villainizing foods. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I totally get that. And, and to the point that you're kind of making is it's, it's one piece of the puzzle. Like we as a culture are obsessed with food. Like, yeah not yes. just from a nutritional perspective, just like generally speaking. And like, judging people human, for what they eat. Humans are we're wired to eat, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's totally normal. And like historically, like if we were hunter-gatherers, like literally our entire day would be spent looking for food so that we could survive, right? Now we're just in a weird place where you can get Uber Eats 24 hours a day and there's food <laughs> at the gas station and like the pharmacy and it's everywhere, right? So we're constantly making decisions around food. But yeah, it, it's one it's one piece of the the bigger puzzle, right? Like if I'm eating a perfect diet, but my sleep is shit, I'm binge drinking all weekend. And like, I hardly ever like go for a walk, let alone exercise. Like mm-hmm. it's a drop in the hat, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be supporting my health just cause I had a salad, right? Like, and one, one food, like eating a salad doesn't make you healthy the same way eating a cookie doesn't make you unhealthy, right? Like it's the whole kit and caboodle. Like it's the it's big just, picture. It's all about context. Like there's a bigger, bigger picture to to look at. So you did an IGTV called the lead domino effect. And I love the lead domino effect, especially in the context of your health. And um, do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, it, uh, it's it's basically just a concept. It's not mine. I did not invent it. <laughs> it's this idea that when it comes to, I'm probably going to butcher it because I can't remember how I said it in the video, but um, when it comes to um, goals or behaviors, whatever you're looking to accomplish, um, but let's, for me, we'll talk about in the, in the case of health or nutrition, right, is most people have one thing that was be, would be referred to as your lead dominant know that is a trigger for other behaviors Mm -hmm. and basically implying that everything's connected right so if you're not on this one behavior or this one action and it's going to be completely different for everyone because some people will do certain things more easily where other things might not come naturally to them right yeah totally if you're on this one behavior or being a bit more mindful of it then it will knock down the other dominoes in a positive way. So to give for an example, for me, there are certain things that come more easily to me. I've always been an athlete. So like being active and going for walks, like that comes easily to me on the flip side. I've always been a night owl, right? So sleep is my lead domino. If I'm not going to bed on time or at a decent hour or getting good quality sleep, or if I'm like watching too much TV before I sleep and I'm like, tired, that for me is going to not knock down the dominoes in a positive way, right? I'm going to be more irritable. I'm going to be more hangry. I'm going to have more cravings. It's going to impact my eating. So I know for me, in order to 
maintain consistency, like one of the things that I need to really put more emphasis on, emphasis on, or like try harder at, if you will, <laughs> is really focusing on sleep because I know if I'm getting good sleep, you know, reading a book before bed, going to bed at a decent hour, like everything else for me ends up being easier. And for different people, there's different things, right? For someone, it might be grocery shopping because I never go to the grocery store, right? And no, if I just go to the grocery store, then like, yeah, I'll eat better, right? Like it just, they can be small things or going for a walk. Like everyone's kind of different. So it's just this concept that one thing knocks down the next. And if you pay attention to the one at the beginning, it will help you in a positive way. It's such a cool like analogy to really consider when it comes to your health. Like what is the one action that you take that is helping you make all the other good actions? Mm-hmm. I, mine's sleep as well. Mine's totally sleep. When I am out of whack with my sleep for whatever reason, and it's not because I'm a night owl, it's, I don't know, like my hormones get out of whack, my digestion, yeah. like everything sort of gets out of whack. And yeah, I can have a couple really shitty nights in a row if I'm sick or something. And yeah, it takes me time to recover from that. And in that recovery time, I'm not working out as hard. I'm not eating as I'm making, getting more convenient foods. I'm not as quote unquote healthy or as habitually in a, in, in a, uh, in my normal ways in my normal routine as I, as I could be, as I would, if I was sleeping. Totally. It's also, the, the the reason I like the concept, like I said, I didn't make it up, but I, I like it because it reframes something that is could technically be a negative and yes. frames it in a positive way, right? Like Absolutely. I, could, I could just be like, I need to sleep better. You're did it, you know what I mean? Like look at it from a negative perspective and be like, this is really causing like issues. And I'm just like, no, if I if I like prioritize this, it makes everything easier, right? So instead of like beating yourself up for not doing it, it's just like how do I just flip the script? And you're just, it's the same thing. I'm just looking at it from a slightly different lens. No, I love it. They, we used it a little bit in performance sport because there are lead domino approach is for you to like get through your workouts and get through the demands of like high performance sport. There's like, how do you do it? So I had heard the concept before, but never in the sense of like a general health and like, like your habits and behaviors, your daily habits and behaviors. It was so impactful for me. And it's really interesting too. Another, I, 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 my lead is definitely sleep, but also, and, or I should say, and now uh, a habit that I've observed only in the last year is screen time. Oh, oh yeah. Screen, and I would never have said because I, you know, I work in social media. I'm on my phone like eight hours a day, which is disgusting. Um, but I, I never would have said that. I used to defend and say I'm fine. But when I started creating boundaries around my phone and plugging it in outside of the bedroom and not looking at it right in the morning and not looking at it before I go to bed and having the blue light and the blah, blah, blah. Like my sleep is a way freaking better and be yeah. my mood and everything is better. So I that's part of. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. it's a huge there's a huge thing. Yeah, and the other thing is that I didn't really like, I think it's kind of clear, but just to also add is 
when you're like off track, I'm using air quotes because I hate all these phrases. Like when you feel like you're not <laughs> prioritizing your health, you're not feeling good or you're like quote unquote off track. Right. It's really easy to be like, Oh my God, there's like 12 things that I need to fix. Right. Like <laughs> I need, I need more protein. Oh my God. I haven't been drinking enough water. Oh my God. I'm totally not working out. Or like, yeah. I haven't been outside. Like there's all these things. And instead of getting completely overwhelmed with them, when you kind of like realize what, what your personal lead domino it is, if there's 12 things, you only need to focus on one and that one is going to knock down the other 11, right? That's also really what the concept is as opposed to like freaking out and then like feeling like it's too, you're overwhelmed and then screw it, I'll just do nothing. It's like, okay, let's just narrow this down to one single item just to make the other ones that much easier. I want you to give the example of the money in the bank again. You gave an example about when people mess up and you you talked about savings, your savings account versus spending. And like if you Oh yeah. If if <laughs> I, I know you're talking. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're, if the goal is to save money, if you spend a lot or you indulge in something and you don't put your money in the savings account that day or that week or that month, does that mean you're just going to stop saving altogether? Totally. Yeah. It's, um, I think the analogy is, is basically just the idea. If you think of your health as a bank account, again, just look at it like money as opposed to anything yeah, I love else. It. I love is it. The intention is not to do things perfectly and eat perfectly clean, right? Like those, yeah. that's just not real stuff. We need to let that go. The intention is that you keep a positive balance in your bank account. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I am going to drink. I am going to stay up later. I am going to like eat mm-hmm. cookies. I love ice cream. You're like, going to live your I'm life. I'm not yeah. going to want to work out some days. Like mm-hmm. that is just, I need to accept. And we all should accept that whatever your things are, you're going to do them. So you, those are withdrawals that are going to happen in my bank account. Now, you can still make withdrawals from your bank account and keep a positive balance. You just have to make sure that you're making more deposits than you are withdrawals. So, for example, deposits are going to bed on time, spending time outside, you know, like eating my protein and my veggies, meal prepping my meals, working out, drinking water, right? Like you can do two things at once. It doesn't have to be one or the other, right? So if you have a, the analogy that I was using is if you have a savings goal and you're constantly making contributions to your savings account, just because you decide you're going to go on like a weekend trip or you're going to buy a new pair of jeans or something, it doesn't undo your entire savings account, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. just say, oh, I'm just going to stop saving money all together because I took a bit of money out, right? Like it's all about that good old fashioned word balance. You're just trying to keep a positive balance in your health account. No, that's super good. Okay. So one of the things I want to leave everyone with here, or just on that note, I mean, I'm not quite ready to like talk about food freedom in the sense of like, because a lot of people think having food freedom is to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And that's how I saw it at first for a lot, a long time. And even as I transitioned out of like my super diet culture grip, I did eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. I did gain weight. And I also started to learn about my relationship to food and how damaged it was. So one of the biggest things that I had to reprogram or reframe in my mind was to eat healthy, um, eating to, to eliminate the whole like losing weight or eating to lose weight mentality that I had adopted and used for like the last 10 years. And I had to start to create different, more healthy, sustainable 
progress uh, markers yeah. in my life. I had to adopt something new because I always thought like size and weight were the only two measurements of my beauty and worth. Uh. And so I started to um, track my progress in different ways. So can you give us a few examples of how, what progress actually looks like in terms of adopting a healthy lifestyle diet? Oh, honestly, I, it's there's like a bajillion different ways, and I think it's going to be super subjective to the person, mm-hmm. right? So, um, it, it, progress can look anything from, um, you know, let's say someone's super bloated, and then they start eating a bit better, addressing their food choices, and they feel better that way, and there's less bloating. Progress mm-hmm. can also look like. Um, uh, someone never cooks dinner for themselves and then they start cooking dinner for themselves one or two nights a week, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Progress can be um, deciding to consume a little bit less refined sugar, but still consuming some. Like these are, you're on the spot here. I'm trying to come up with examples, but (laughs) I just think that like, it's it's so subjective and so different for, for everyone. And like, if I was to just like take a little bit of a step back is, Weight loss is, I feel like weight loss is getting like really bashed on right now as in like, like you can't have that goal. That's not a good goal, right? And like, yeah. that's, if someone has that goal, you can still have that goal. Totally, totally. But I totally. think that in order for it to be sustainable, right? And like, you need a really good foundation of healthy habits before you start working on that goal. Does that make sense? Totally. So like trying to find habits and behaviors that you're comfortable with that you feel good about and maybe viewing progress in other ways and get going in those ways whatever they may be and then maybe you might even lose some weight organically in doing so and then layering on the weight loss thing if that happens to be a personal goal or not at all if it's not um but yeah I, I feel like there has to be a really good foundation of habits and behaviors because those are the things that are going to keep you going for the long term right like anyone can do a 30-day crash diet but like hey that's not fun and what good is it doing if you didn't actually change your behaviors because the, the old things are just going to creep back in that was probably not all an answer to your question. No, it kind of was. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, you you raise a lot of really, really good points. And I think like so one of the biggest questions that I get as a life coach, as a mindset coach is how do I lose weight and how do I accept and love yeah. my body? And and it is subjective. My answer is always subjective. But just to know that there are progress markers out there and you named a few really, really good ones is just to know that you can track your progress in ways that aren't related to your weight or your size is just, it's super valuable for people. And I mean, yeah, progress. Let for- me actually, let me add to that. Sorry, I don't yes, please in, do. I just thought of something is if you're looking to look, uh, um, address progress goals or change behaviors or change habits, right? Like on a high level, that's, sounds easy but it's more complicated than that right Mm -hmm. everyone's so everyone's looking for outcome goals but outcome goals are achieved by behavior goals Mm -hmm. so what I mean by that is let's keep on with the weight loss example because that's what we've been talking about is weight loss is an outcome goal so like I want to lose 20 pounds it's not something tangible that I can do that's not an action that's not a behavior that's not a habit it's an outcome of actions and behaviors so if someone has a goal of weight loss let's say great that's a great goal but in order to accomplish that outcome goal 
you've got to focus on behavior goals. So behavior goals that could support that, for example, would be I'm going to go for a 30 minute, 30 minute walk every day. I'm going to eat protein at three meals. I'm going to drink two liters of water a day, right? I'm just spitballing in different yeah, examples. Totally. But having those tangible behavior goals are the things that will help you um, get to the outcome that you desire, but it's the behaviors that are going to do it, right? And you can see progress within those behaviors. So like I said, if you're not walking at all and you start walking for 30 minutes, three days a week, that's progress and that's a behavior and that's a habit that supports the outcome. Yes. And that's, uh, I love just, I'm in right now, I'm in a 30 day challenge for jump in women, heart, women's heart yeah. health. And I love like, you know, 30 minutes a day of movement is, has been really fun. I don't usually move every single day, but doing it this one time has been really inspiring and really helpful for my health. I'm outside, I'm breathing the fresh air. I know that these are all deposits into my bank and it's fun and it's for a good cause, but come October, am I going to continue this? No. Do I have to continue this? No. If I was maybe in, um, you know, if I was really attached to the idea that if I don't work out 30 for 30 minutes a day every day, I'm going to get fat like I have been in the past. This type of thing might not be something that I would want to jump in on because over like because it could develop into a negative behavior moving forward. Does that make sense? Totally. And also like, um, outside of nutrition is like look looking at looking at exercise or excuse me looking at exercise as something different from movement has Mm -hmm. also been something really helpful for me right Mm -hmm. so let's say quote unquote exercise or workout we would think of it like going for a run going to the gym doing a class right yeah but to support your health if we're talking about ways to make deposits into your bank account there are so many ways to move that don't look like that. You can garden, you can shovel, you can play in the park with your kids, yeah. right? Like yes. Literally just moving your body in whatever way that feels good to you that day. It doesn't have to be like a, a traditional workout in like the gym class sense. Like there's so many different ways to move. Yes. And they count. Like people are often like, does it count? I did chores. And I'm like, I did this exact same thing. Count. Like you moved. It counts. (laughs) I know. Who's defining counts? Yes, it counts. We've been so brainwashed to think that it does count. I asked that the other day. I like did vigorous cleaning. I cleaned the shit out of like five rooms of my house and I was like sweating. And I'm like, does this count as my movement? And everyone's like, yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah, I like, I always go back to like, what was life like, like 500 years ago? Yeah. Not even, doesn't even be 500. It's like, we have created such sedentary lifestyles like most people work at a desk all day or they're sitting you know what I mean yeah Um, not everyone but a lot of people so things like going to a class or going to the gym are not required they've just become concentrated ways to combat the sedentary lifestyles Mm. so if you went back like 100 200 Mm. years people would be like why is this lady jumping up and down in a bodybuilding (laughs) class what is that that's super weird right (laughs) because they would have been like i don't know working on the fields or like doing manual labor or Mm. you know like women might have been in the kitchen all day which is like just the reality of what it was but they were moving and active 
we have just we've made life easier in a lot of ways like from like a physical perspective is what i mean so now we have to find we don't have to but we found more concentrated ways of being active for like short periods of time which is fine and some people like it some people don't but they're that is one way of doing things right like just moving is how humans have always just like expended energy it wasn't like body pump and yoga classes and you know what i mean like yes i do and that's a very helpful perspective just to like take a step back look at your life from like a bird's eye view and how you're impacted how you've been impacted to believe certain things and how you know going back is a is a really powerful perspective to do that I'm really happy that you shared that I'm glad also what a great episode I mean sheesh I, th- I feel like I could just talk to you forever, honestly. I know. I feel like we were, like, all over the place, but it kind of worked. <laughs> we, we were all over the place. Exactly. I, exactly. So do you have any programs coming up? How do people, like, work with you? Yeah. The best thing to do would be to go to my website, which is kaynutrition.com. That's my last name and nutrition. And on there, I've got hundreds of recipes, hundreds of um, articles all about nutrition. I've got free downloads, a seven-day meal plan. Mm-hmm. You can also find me on Instagram, which is... Um, at Stephanie K Nutrition, and uh, I will be relaunching my program in early October. It's been on pause for a little bit, making some updates. I'm really excited about. Um, Love so it. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, in the meantime, got lots of free content, and I'm constantly sharing different recipes and tidbits as much as I can. Which recipes are fantastic? Me and my friend Carla, like she, Carla Filosa, she loves your stuff. <laughs> oh, I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, we that. talk I about you like behind your back. Bit. I still blush a little bit when people say they make my recipes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, all the time. I love it. I should post more of them on the gram, but I am. You have to get some more. I got an air fryer stuff. And now. I don't have have an air fryer. I got no air fryer recipes, but people love those. uh, Yeah, if you get one, like, forget it. It's so. (laughs) You're going to have a whole air fryer recipe section on your website, I guarantee. Love it. (laughs) In no time. Okay. Well, have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give the show a five-star rating. I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review. If you are looking for more, head over to elisaunfiltered.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time. 